Hey guys, and welcome to Hunting Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. Mallardbay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable, and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the United States. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook and they can help you find your dream hunt. And also brought to you by Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks are proud to be your metal roofing headquarters for over 40 years. Save time and money by buying from the most reliable manufacturer on the Gulf Coast. If you buy it today, you pick it up today. They offer 20 Sherwin-Williams colors to choose from and a 40-year warranty. Baker Metal and Dixie Supply, two names same great service with the addition of their new store in cantonment florida they now have eight locations to serve you dixie supply and baker metalworks your metal roofing headquarters i'm your host joe by here today with my co-host butch theory and today butch we are going to be doing a little box stand planning for this season you guys are in need of some new shooting houses on your place and i don't that's not a question that's a statement i have seen and hunted out of some of them and uh i prefer not to Quite a, yep. there's a there's a couple of them there that uh i'll probably just sit on the ground the next time i'm i get put over in the in the gar hole i think yeah man i, I assume that's probably a little bit of just kind of getting older but man I, I am more and more i would rather just not sit there if it's a crappy blonde i mean really i truthfully i i don't enjoy sitting in those ones with owl poop everywhere and mice running under my feet it's just not that enjoyable of an experience for me it's really not. Whenever you open up that door and you don't know if if an animal is going to come out at you, like that's it's not, fun. A, it's not fun to do. No. But, you know, that being said, making an investment in a box blind is it's important because on the low end, you're probably talking about this is something that's going to be in where you put it for a decade, and on the high end, it may outlive you. So, it's something you definitely need to think about. You need to go through all of the consideration points in terms of sizes, materials, design, Location. there's so many different steps really and so many different options now out there. But if you make the right choice, man, it can be, it can be an enhancement to your property. So we're going to get into all the different things you need to think about if you're in the market for a box stand this season. But before we get there, let's go check in for another interest rate update. This week, we're talking with Brandon Simpson over at First South Farm Credit. Brandon, welcome back, man. Last time we talked, we were you know, we've kind of been stable on interest rates. How are we doing? How are things in the last 30 days? I would certainly say it's remaining stable. Um, you know, we certainly have saw an increase over the past year and a half to two years from, you know, rates that were down in the fours uh, all the way up into the eights. And as a general rule of thumb, land rates have remained in the eights for quite a while now. You know, is there anything influencing that? Like, are you seeing anything in the news hearing anything through the grapevine that might point to interest rates going up or down or, or staying kind of stable throughout the end of the year? What we're kind of projecting and, and looking forward to into 2024 is for rates to hopefully level out and possibly by the end of 24 go down some. Uh, the feds are projecting that uh, potentially into 2025 and 26, you know, we'll maybe get down in the more reasonable 6% range. Uh, so I don't know how much more they'll go up. I'm not expecting anything significant. I'm certainly not saying they're not going to go up because I, I do think they may continue to go up another half a percent to a percent. But I do think we're kind of at the top of that plateau. And uh, as we get through this winter of 2023 into 24, I think starting by next summer, things will hopefully start going down. And by the end of the year into 25, hopefully things will kind of level off and get more to what I would consider a reasonable market because naturally we are really spoiled for a long time with, with really exceptionally lower than average rates. Yeah, you're right about that, Mr. Brand. It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. It might take a little while for it to, for it to even on out for us. Right now, what are the most common loan periods for your landlords, Brandon? You know, it's kind of a unique time in the market. A lot of times in a higher rate market, 
a lot of people start leaning back into doing short-term balloon notes, three- and five-year fixed rates, because in, in most markets, those rates are cheaper. In this market, there is very little to no significant difference in short-term balloon-type money, like three- and five-year balloon notes, versus just doing a fully fixed 15 or 20 or possibly even a fully fixed 30-year note. Kind of give you something to chew on, so to speak. In, in a common market, you can see up to a percent difference. So like a fully fixed 20-year note versus a three-year balloon note uh, could very well have up to maybe even a full percent difference in what the rate is. But in today's market, the difference may only be two or three-tenths of a percent difference. And most people would rather have that peace of mind of a fully fixed product uh, versus a, a product that's going to be subject to change in three to five years on them, uh, especially when you start thinking about kind of the long-term aspects of what may happen in the market. And uh, I think we'll talk about it hopefully in a little bit, uh, but some of the benefits of First South with us being able to reprice notes uh, versus a typical refinance like the average person is used to. I do want to talk about that. That is interesting, though, that you're seeing that there's not much difference because, right, I mean, what's the incentive to go? Normally, you think about think about car loans. The shorter the term, typically, the better the interest rate. Same thing with your residential loans. If you do a 15-year fixed, you're typically going to get a better interest rate than a 30-year fixed. Me, mm-hmm. personally, man, I, you know, I like the flexibility of a longer term with the ability to then just pay it off faster if I want to. You never know what kind of curveballs life's going to throw at you. But, you know, one of the things that's interesting about about land, about your home, about anything that you would finance, but specifically your land, you know, land in your home, is that if you do decide you want to pay down that note faster, you can. And then you've always got the option to do like a line of credit, too, to keep access to those funds should, you know, in the case of land, the neighboring property comes up for sale and, and you want to then access those funds uh, or, you know, something comes up, you want to build a cabin, you need a new tractor. I mean, there's lots of things. So you guys, when you do a, a, a loan on a property, you know, in a conventional manner, a purchase alone, can someone pay more down and then still obtain a, like a line of credit if they need access to that capital, just, you know, for whatever reason that might pop up? Yes, they certainly can. Uh, one of the things though, that can kind of be misconstrued with with a lot of situations is the use of funds. Due to the Frank Dodd Act uh, that that passed many, many years ago, there's certainly more scrutiny on the use of funds. Uh, What are the funds being used for? Because that typically controls the loan purpose. So are there lines of credit that we offer in situations where somebody has equity in property? Yes, we we do that every day, all day. But uh, the use of the funds is vitally important because again, what you're using those funds for drives the loan purpose. So the purpose of the funds drives the loan purpose. And of course, lending institutions are having to address that uh, as far as regulators are concerned, what are funds being used for? So um, yeah, we offer lines of credit and uh, you know people using that to be able to buy equipment, to be able to buy joining landowners property uh, as property comes up for sale around them to be able to build cabins, put up fences, put up ponds, make improvements to properties. You know, those are very common products that uh, landowners take advantage of. You know, you're talking about the interest rate being in the eights. I just closed on a new home. Residential rate was almost 7%. And, you know, you kind of look at that and you say, a lot of people say, well, you know, land loans are, they're more expensive. The interest rates are higher. But really, when you take into the account the patronage that you guys do, uh, it can really lower that, that interest rate effectively lower that interest rate. So for people that are unacquainted with your patronage refund, explain how that works and typically about how much uh, that lowers your cost of borrowing. So one of the unique things about first South and the farm credit system, as you mentioned here, is we are owned by our membership. So Every year, a portion of our profits are paid back to you, the borrower, in the form of an annual dividend check. First South has 28 consecutive years of paying a dividend to our members. And uh, last year in 2022, our dividend check was approximately 16% of the interest that each borrower paid in. So for example, 
If a borrower paid $10,000 of interest during 2022, their dividend check would have been approximately $1,600. So in essence, their net cost went down to approximately $8,400 and not the $10,000. What that does is it takes your stated interest rate. And let's say you're paying us eight and a half. It takes your stated interest rate and it lowers it by close to a percent. So you may be paying us somewhere around that seven and a half percent range. And that is one of many benefits uh, in regards to First South being a true member-owned cooperative. Very cool. It seems like a very, very, very stable track record of uh, lending there. Very cool to hear, Brandon. So you mentioned it a little bit there. We touched on it just a tad earlier. Tell us a little bit about the note modification and how it differs from actually refinancing. Well, one of the other major benefits of First South and the farm credit system is we not only make the loans, but we also service these loans. So the relationship that you establish with your lender whenever you buy this dream property is the same relationship that goes all the way through the application process, through the closing process, the whole life of the loan, and even whenever you pay the loan off that relationship uh, continues with that lender. So none of these loans, again, are sold in the secondary mortgage market. We make these loans and service these loans. So what that means to you, the borrower, is is as rates go down, which again, we're expecting rates to go down in the next two to three years. Instead of refinancing these loans, uh, most people who's had a house loan, a residential mortgage loan, what they're used to is, is when rates go down, you have to refinance it. So when you refinance it, you're having to get new title work done, a new mortgage, a new appraisal, sometimes new surveys. So you can be talking thousands of dollars in fees. It may be three to five thousand. If it's a larger loan, it could be five to ten thousand dollars. But you're typically talking thousands of dollars in refinance cost as it it pertains to refinancing a mortgage on a house to where with us, we do what's called a repricing. And the repricing, you're only signing two or three documents. And all we're doing is passing those interest savings along to you, the borrower. And instead of charging thousands of dollars in refinance costs, because we're not having to file a new mortgage and we're not having to order new appraisals and do all that, in essence, you're spending hundreds of dollars in fees versus thousands of dollars. And the good news is we can do that as many times as it makes financial sense for that borrower to walk these rates down. So if a borrower in today's market is paying eight and a half percent and rates go down to eight and then they go to seven and a half or seven We can do this as many times as we need, and it makes financial sense for that borrower in order to pass those savings along to the customer. You know, hearing that and talking with people, there's a lot of people just, they're sitting on the sidelines purely because of interest rates. They've got that dream of owning land or owning a different piece of land. They know what they want. They know what their budget is, but they're, you know, when I'm talking to them, ah, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to wait until the interest rates go down. But when you have something like a note modification, I mean, there's really only two scenarios that play out. One is that the interest rates are going to go up. The other is the interest rates are going to go down. And I guess, you know, a third scenario could be that they stay flat. But if they stay flat and you don't move on a property that you really want and enjoy and can afford, then you just never get that property and you never get to realize that dream. If they go up, you're going to be happy at the current interest rates that you got. But you locked it in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said on here before, you go talk to people that live through, you know, higher interest rate environments that we're in right now. And they're saying, this ain't that bad. And if they go down, you've got the note modification that you can then do and just take advantage of it at that time. So what I'm telling people right now is, look, just find the place you want. Make sure this is a place that you really want and you can hang on to it. Uh, And you don't need to sell it. You won't need to sell it. You know, if you decide to sell it, that's one thing but you don't need to sell it and don't miss out on a great opportunity for a piece of property that you really want just because of interest rates. Cause it's those things change. Brandon, thanks for the interest rate update, man. And thanks for explaining a little bit more about the products out there. And if folks are, are thinking about buying land, thinking about doing a, you know, some land improvements and they need a way to finance that they want to get in touch with you or get in touch with somebody at their local first South farm credit. How can they do that? Yeah, Joe, I appreciate your time today. Um, one of the things I'd like to mention to you, You know, one thing we've not seen about this market that's pretty unique is land prices falling. A lot of people have been saying, well, land prices are going to fall and that's why I'm holding off. And we're just not seeing that. You know, land prices relatively remaining staple. And I agree with you 100%, Joe, in regards to, you know, if it's the property you want, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and acquire the property. Yeah, rates are higher today than they were two years ago. However, with us not offering any prepayment penalties, you can make additional principal payments whenever. 
with us being able to do note modifications, as many times as it makes financial sense for that borrower to walk rates down, we can do that. Being able to offer fully fixed products where rates never go up, you know, it's kind of a win-win situation for the circumstances that we're in. If anybody wants to learn more about First South and the farm credit system, of course, they can always go online and find us at firstsouthland.com. That's firstsouthland.com, all spelled out. And they can always call here to the office and we can get them in the right direction. The local office number where I'm out of is 251-580-8678. First South covers the states of Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. So uh, if anybody's in those three states, uh, you can always go online again to firstsouthland.com and find the office closest to you. Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are talking with Cody Borgfell with Texas Hunter Products. This segment was brought to you by Bucks Island Marine. Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They love trade-ins for boats and motors, and they can rig your boat or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And welcome back. We're going to get into all the different things you need to think about if you're in the market for a box stand this season. To help us do that this week, we are talking with Cody Borgfell with Texas Hunter Products. Cody, welcome to Huntland, man. Good to have you here. You know, everybody's getting ready for deer season. Butch and I have been sweating ourselves to death, getting food plots ready. And, uh, that time I, I know a lot of people this time of year, they're climbing up in those shooting houses and cleaning out wasp nests and running from flying squirrels and <laughs> owls nests dealing with problems that have happened throughout the year. So I'm sure a lot of people right now are thinking about new box blinds and that's what we're here to talk about today. We want to dig into kind of all the different options that are out there. The innovations in box blinds have Man, it's come a long way in my lifetime, but I feel like just in the last decade or so, there's just so many more options out there on the market. So first off, tell us a little bit about Texas Hunter Products, and you guys have been manufacturing box blinds for quite some time. Yeah, so uh, Texas Hunter, um, next year will be its 70th year. Texas Hunter's been around since 1954. We have a full line of outdoor products, anywhere from feeder kits for guys to build their own feeders to full line of, you know, just self-contained feeders, like our trophy feeders, a 300 pound, 650 pound. We do directional feeders, protein feeders, road feeders, uh, directional fish feeders is real big for us. And then um, like we're talking about today is our hunting blinds. So we do have a wide variety of hunting blinds, anywhere from four by four, four by eight to larger five by six and five by seven blinds. I know that's probably the first kind of question I always have. Back growing up, you know, we were always out there kind of scabbing together whatever free materials we could find to to pull a hunting blind together, and you never really knew how big to build them. I know I can remember sitting in a hunting blind as a kid with my brother and one adult, three of us wedged in there like sardines and oh, yeah. little bitty shooting houses at that time. And I, I kind of look at that now with my wife likes to hunt. I've got two young boys who aren't quite hunting age yet, but they're probably going to be big like me and, and want to hunt. And I kind of want always wonder like, what is the sizing? How does that translate into the amount of people they're going to be able to comfortably sit in one? So what's y'all's rule of thumb with, you know, you've got, like you said, four by four, five by six, five by seven, four by eight. Sure. For as far as how many people can actually hunt out of those different size blinds. Yeah. So it seems like everything's evolved and gotten bigger. You know, I think we started with a four by four, you know, those blinds were made in the beginning with plywood, you know, steel and, you know, aluminum window tracks. And over time, just the materials have evolved. We've gone to longer lasting materials Size wise, the rule of thumb, four by four, you can fit two people in there. Always tell people, you know, uh, it just depends on how much you like each other. So four by four is one more of a one man, two man kind of blind going up to the four by eight. That's easily comfortably two people, comfortably three people. You can even get four in there if you wanted to. Five by six and five by seven. Those are all meant for a hunter with a guide and an extra person. Two to two to four people, honestly, three people fit very comfortably in either of those blinds. So there's no real rule of thumb. It just depends on how much space you want to take up within the blind. It probably depends a lot too on where you have in mind 
to place that blind. I can think of oh, yeah. spots on my property where a big, big, big blind like that wouldn't be that great. Well, and then, but like, it just kind of depends too. Like I, I know I've got some spots where it's 360 degrees of, of view. You could literally take a shot all the way around you. And then there's other spots where you're just staring down a narrow shooting lane or a Sendero, or, you know, you've got a food plot that's running totally in one direction and you're you're really just going to be looking due north, you know? And so there's not like a need really to have that 360 degree field. So if I wanted to go with a blind that's going to be able to see two, three, four people, but I know I'm only going to look in one direction, I could probably go with something like a four by eight and do just fine. Whereas if I'm sitting in one of these spots where it's got shooting lanes on several different sides or something like that. So Cody, you know, thinking about size, you know, you've got these four by eights and you, you know, you did a good job of explaining how many people can fit in the four by eight and the five by seven and, and so on and so forth. But like some of your blinds are rectangular. Some of them are more of a kind of an octagonal shape. Like is that designed based on your field of view or is that more about comfort for the, the folks inside? How would you choose a shape? You know, most of them are square or rectangle. So, I mean, honestly, the four by four and the four by eight came about because that's they optimized sheets of plywood. That blind is that old. So they were really optimizing material. But those are excellent blinds. Four by four, four by eight, size wise, we you could four four by eight, you fit more people, but you can still it's roomy enough to where you can see all the way around you. The octagon, it it's really you know, all the blinds are made for all angle shooting. Octagon, what that provides is more for the archery bow windows. I think that's where that more comes into play. Gotcha. It gives you that angle to where you can shoot out of multiple sides easier. Well, talking about windows, Cody, I know you guys have a little bit of a different window system in these really nice blinds that I've really never even seen before. What do you guys call them and kind of how do they work and what do you need to look for in those? Yeah, so on the Wrangler blind, we we call it the hideaway window system. You know, it's one of a kind. Uh, we do use the flip up windows to flip open to the interior, but on the exterior, we have two window tracks where we put darker concealment panels on all the rifle windows. This way, you don't have to be hanging curtains or or mesh or anything else. You can all you have to do is simply slide a panel. Uh, from the side to side. If you don't like them, you can you don't have to use them. You can take them out, but it, it really helps you conceal yourself inside there. It just darkens everything up and eliminates having to use curtains or anything else to darken up. That's really nice. I know that's something that I kind of freak out about sometimes when I'm in a when I'm in a blind is I worry about getting backlit by a window that's behind me or you know, like on a warmer day, it's nice to get in and go ahead and open up all the windows, let some airflow come in there. But I always worry, like, you know, all right, if a deer comes out close, are they going to see me, you know, a big old head right right in the right in the window? So if I'm understanding you correctly, these panels, they kind of function like we've probably seen in DIY jobs with the mesh camo netting people like to hang up. Right. You've got that where you can open that window, get that airflow, but then have that that panel that slides and gives you some concealment. Sure. Like I said, on the, yeah, on the, all the rifle windows, they'll open up to the uh, inside, they'll flip right open. And then on the exterior, there's the, the darker concealment panels. It's a dual sliding track, so they can slide back and forth. So you can open up for air, crack the, crack the hideaway window system open a little bit if you want to, or just open up completely. You know, if you're just hunting one direction, you can leave all the other windows, the concealment panels on, but still have a little airflow going through there. So it really does a lot to conceal you. There's a lot of options that you can use on that window system. You know, Cody, speaking of sizing, one of the issues I've run into in hunting out of a really big blind is that it can be hard to get a good rest uh, with your rifle. Like when you're in a little four by four blind, that's kind of just as big as you, usually you can get one arm out of one in window and kind of rest your gun on the other window. And you got a nice, steady, stable rest. But when you're in these bigger blinds, a lot of times there's, there's no real way to get your arm on another wall or out of another window to get stable. What can people look for? How do y'all deal with that problem where when you've got a bigger blind, still being able to good, get a good steady gun rest? So, you know, on our, our five by seven on the Wrangler blind, that one comes with our one of our shelves. And on that shelf, we offer the swivel. There's a few neat items on there as far as not just being a, a cup holder, um, a shelf for binoculars and stuff like that. Um, it also offers a swivel shooting rest. So it's got a gun yoke inside there. 
that actually comes with two of those uh, gun yokes and you can put them in multiple locations. I think there's, there's three different holes that you can install them in. So you can move them side to side, whether you, you know, wherever you need to shoot to, but then they swivel and it makes a great rest. So you're not just freehanding anything kind of holds the gun steady for younger shooters or anybody that just wants to be steadier. So we actually offer that shelf separately. That's a universal shelf. It'll bolt uh, up into any deer blind. It's, it's pre-drilled for the holes that we have in our four by four and our four by eight blinds. So all you have to do is take the bolts out, put them right back in and that shelf is installed, but you can put that same shelf in any deer blind. So, you know, a lot of the other accessories I was talking about was the, you know, it's got a phone holder camera mount, so you can use, use it for multiple different options there. That's very cool. It's always good to have a place to put binoculars, range finder, set your phone down, camera down, cup of coffee. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've dropped stuff. Thinking about sizing again, you know, once you decide on how many people you think this thing is going to house, whether or not you're going to be hunting with a bow or a rifle, you know, kind of got your, your shape picked out. The next decision, of course, is do we elevate it or not? And, you know, I guess it's, again, kind of case by case dependent, but do you guys find that people prefer a certain height? I mean, a box blind on the ground is a box blind on the ground, but when you start going to a four-foot tower or an eight-foot tower, is there a more popular version of tower? Most of the blinds we sell, honestly, are eight foot towers. A lot, you know, it is a lot of personal preference. You know, some guys don't need eight foot towers. You know, if you have a lot of trees around you and you don't have a clear cut or something like that, eight foot doesn't do anything for you. So it gets you up in the trees. If you're on top of a mountain, a lot of guys prefer just a ground blind. You can see down well enough. You don't have to worry about getting up in the air vertically. But I think overall, the eight foot is most popular. Deer really don't look up as much. You know, you're a little bit more concealed on an eight foot. People just like being up in the air, I think. So it has been my experience with those. I have put together a 12 foot one and I've put together a four foot one, not Texas Hunter, but man, that 12 foot's a booger. I think that eight foot would be just about right. You don't have to get into special equipment. And the right. four foot was a breeze to put up in that 12. I mean, you and I had that conversation, Butch. We put up a 12 and a four and we go, you know what? We need two eights right in the middle That's right. <laughs> because the 12 is unnecessarily high and yeah. a standard front end loader on a tractor will not get it up high enough to get that platform built that tower built right and the forefoot if you're in an area where you do need some elevation you know you're kind of like i wish i was a little bit higher you know and so i feel like that eight foot is the sweet spot if you want a tower almost at all because you're as high as you can be while still being able to use the front end loader on a tractor to elevate that blind, put that tower together and do what you need to do. But I should ask you that. I mean, that's one of the things I think about too, is the ease of putting things together out in the field. I've had some lock on and ladder tree stands that were an absolute nightmare to get together for sure uh, out in the woods. So when it comes to y- to y'all's blinds, is it fairly straightforward getting towers together and doing what you need to do to get them where they need to be? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the four by four, four by eight, the older blinds, you know, we, we actually rec- used to recommend laying those over, assembling the tower onto it and then standing the blind up. Mm. Um, they're a little bit lighter weight, you know, that you don't have to worry about rain guards or anything else like that. They don't have those. Yeah. As far as assembling them, we do recommend on the five by six rugged blind and the five by seven Wrangler blind. We do recommend like a front end loader, and everything just bolts right together. Everything lines up. We actually supply steel towers. I know a lot of guys are using four by fours, but those only last so long. The steel towers really give you long longevity. It's nice because it's built for it. So, I mean, that's that's one of the nice things is they just bolt straight together. It looks like most of you guys' bigger models come with uh, ladders and stairs. Tell us a little bit about that and why you guys went that route. The stairs are just so much easier to get into. The older, the four by four and the four by eight lines, we do still sell with the ladder. That design with the sliding door, that's been around for, I mean, basically since 1954. So with the sliding door, if you do a a stair system, it really doesn't benefit you. Um, You're going up the stairs and then you're ducking down to get inside the door. Once we started doing the full door models, we did the stair system. I think it's the nicest stair system in the industry. It's a gradual slope. It's nice and wide. You just walk right up and walk in. It's a full-size door that you just open up and, you know, no surprises inside. 
Yeah, it's it's really nice to have stairs. If you if you're gonna invest in, in a nice hunting blind, it, it's nice. Hunting blinds are great for me because I can take, like I was mentioning, I can take kids, but I can also let you know older folks in my family go out and get in the blind. And when they've got a handrail and they've got stairs, it's easy for them to get in and out. Same thing with young kids; easy for them to get in and out. Much really safer for them. I still see the value in the ladder if you're just wanting. Hey, this is a blind that maybe doesn't get hunted a whole lot. We don't need the Taj Mahal down there. We just need a spot where people can kind of get out of the elements. Simple, quick, as cost-effective as possible. The ladder kind of makes sense to me. That big full door is a big deal. I know Joe's favorite spot on my place is, you love that door on that one, don't you? Yeah, I don't know who made that stand, but they've already been fired, I'm sure. <laughs> it's about a, what, two-by-two two hole on the top I of this big know. tower? Yeah, I'm about, you know, I'm 6'5", so when, when Joe has to go through a, a half door, he gets, with a backpack on his back, he gets right. a little cranky. <laughs> yeah, that stand is terrible. Yeah, it is. No, there's definitely a use for all the blinds that we make, you know. Uh, a lot of guys still like the ladders. Like you said, it's it, it cuts cost out. It's more economical. The four footers, very easy to get into. You set your stuff right inside there, and then you could go up it. Eight footer, you know, it's a little bit more. You're kind of hanging on a ladder, and then you have to put your your equipment inside um, to get in the blind. But yeah, the stairs make everything just so much nicer. Like you said, hunters are getting older, and they're wanting to take kids. So it, I mean, that's everybody's goal is to make everything more user friendly. Just everybody, you can extend the life of someone hunting guys want to continue hunting and sometimes if, if they don't have the right equipment they can't so definitely agree with that being and you know too you're you're making uh it's going to be a significant investment of time at a minimum even if you're building your own hunting blind you know you're going to have a lot of time invested in building it setting it up and keeping it maintained you want to you want that blind to be a place you could send just about anybody so that you can get the most use out of it sure so trying to have it be as user as user friendly as possible is important but I tell you, you know, one of the things I look forward to every year, going to the camp, spraying wasp nests, cleaning out owl poop and Oh yeah. That's definitely my favorite activity of the year. Everything else that's accumulated in in a box blind throughout the year. No, I mean that's been one of the most awesome things about the innovations that have come out with with different hunting blinds is how sealed up they are. It's a very, very, very big deal. That used to be a whole weekend, you know, on our deer lease was it seemed like I, somehow I always drew that straw where I was on the shooting house crew that had to go clean them all out, you know, and that was a whole weekend of just cleaning out shooting houses and we just don't do that anymore. We don't have to do that anymore. I don't miss it at all. It's dangerous. Whenever you and I were putting together this outline for this show, I, I, I kind of started thinking back and I can only think of two injuries in 20, what, 22 years we've had the place. And both of them were cleaning out stupid shooting houses. It wasn't cleaning them out that caused the injury. It was like trying to jump off of them whenever correct. things came out of the shooting house. That is so, correct. So thinking about about that, Cody, uh, when it comes to like doors, windows, seals, right? you know, I'm sure most box blind manufacturers are taking that into account. They're trying to create a box blind that is going to be sealed up from the elements. But I'm always thinking like, hey, this is might be something that's on my property for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. You could probably tell us stories about how long box blinds l really do last, but how can you be sure if you're looking at the various ones on the market that the seals that you're seeing are going to hold up and stand the test of time? So, yes, the the, the doors and the windows are, are such a big deal. You know, everybody's come a long way from, you know, homemade blinds to the sliding tracks to making more sealed blinds. Um, we use a flip up window. It, for one, it's quiet. Two, it's very easy to clean. You're always going to have dust or something on the outside of your blind. So it's easy to clean, but they have a nice felt strip um, seal to them to where they clean, they seal up completely. You don't have to worry about insects, wasps, varmints crawling in your blind, anything like that. And then the doors, you know, you don't have to worry about the doors blowing open, anything like that. It's a nice lockable door, full-size door, just like you'll find on a, you know, just say an RV. So the windows and the door are such a big deal just to keep everything clean inside there. You know, now you can go out, you really don't have to do any cleanup. Um, you just walk right up and, and you're good to go. Give it a good spot check, make sure there's, you know, everything's tidy for the season and you're good to go. How long are 
our blinds lasting? I mean, I know some of y'all's blinds are fairly new, so you don't really know necessarily how long, but I mean, you've been making them since the fifties. I mean, how long right. should you expect to, you know, get out of a, out of a box blind, assuming a tree doesn't fall on? I mean, the materials we're making out of now, you know, the starboard material on the four by four and four by eight, you know, unless you burn it or grind it, I mean, it's going to last forever. So, you know, same with the roto molded, it's, it's a high density polyethylene. So it, it's going to last basically forever. The Wrangler blind, that's an aluminum blind. So that's another material that's, you know, when we sell a blind, we don't expect to see them come back unless they're buying another one. So, and that's, that's what we like to see. Yep, absolutely. It's a big deal to be able to set it and forget it and know that it's going to be there for a long time. I mean, because it's a big investment. I mean, from making your own blind, you know, there's a lot of material costs and, and labor costs in there to when you come buy a blind it's professionally made. It's, it's meant to last a lifetime. It's a big investment. I've built my fair share of DIY blinds and there's been multiple opportunities that I would have just paid any amount of money to get out of that situation. <laughs> building In that exact moment. Like, can we just stop now? How much and who do I give it to? Yeah. Right. Um, and well, you mentioned it a little bit there as far as noise goes and the, in the, the quiet windows, you guys have the flip up. Some of these nicer blinds now are, are very noise dampening. They have carpet on the walls and, and mm-hmm. things like that for the whole entire hunting experience, not just the windows. What do you guys do, you know, to keep noise in mind? Well, like I mentioned, and you mentioned the, the windows, that's a big deal. If you have the latch sliding windows, you know, it's going to clack or, or make a sliding noise. Ours are the flip up and they, they use magnetics to hold the windows up. So you open it up and it's, it's good to go on the Wrangler blinds. We do uh, carpet the interior uh, for noise concealment. Some of the blinds come with a mat. Uh, the new rugged blind does come with a mat for noise dampening on the floor. Uh, if you drop something, you know, I always drop shells or binoculars, something like that. On the Wrangler blind, we do offer a, a cushion mat to absorb any noise as well. So, I mean, those are some of the things that we're doing to knock down any noise that might be occurring. I mean, when you're hunting, you want to be still and quiet, but things do happen. So, especially when you're toting a five-year-old around, they have a tendency to kick walls. And I've been <laughs> in a few. I've been in a few older <laughs> aluminum blinds that, man, you hit the and fiberglass, man, you hit the side of that thing, and it you you just you lose all confidence because you oh, yeah. I've run everything off. No telling how far. It, yeah, that's something I think about is definitely the the silence. But you know, going back to the materials a little bit, I, like I said, like I was in a fiberglass blind one time, and it was just the I felt like if you breathed on the wall, it made noise. But when it comes to materials, you guys have like you mentioned starboard, you've got aluminum, and you've got a roto molded option why so many different materials how do you how do you you know tell somebody to choose a material it's a good question <laughs> so you know starboard that was one of the materials it's very similar we were able to cut it like a plywood sheet of plywood so that came along with a four by four and four by eight and it was just such a durable product the very first blinds i'm sure are still out there made of starboard you know the aluminum it, it's a super durable material lightweight uh, we try to, you know, keep everything light and think about when people are setting up and, and it's it's going to last forever. And then the the roto molded blind, that process is just such a unique process that it's fairly quick to make, but it's also the material is going to last forever. You know, so we we like different options. We like to give the customers options from the aluminum to the HTPE plastic materials that we do use. Thinking about that roto molded a little bit. I mean, you think about your typical high-end cooler. I mean, same material, right? I mean, that stuff is almost bomb proof. Right. If you have a tendency to uh, drop a shooting house off of a pair of pallet forks, you may, may want to think about that over the aluminum. Sure. You know, I would imagine with aluminum, you know, you're going to have a, it's not not quite as tough, but the cool thing about aluminum is if you, you dent it, you can kind of just beat the beat the dent back out of it i mean it's not the end of the world right no the uh the roto molded is definitely a super durable material so never gonna crack rock peel chip super durable is it tractor or bush hog proof <laughs> that's what i need on my place not promising that <laughs> no comment <laughs> well you you kind of hit on it a little bit earlier when you look at pre-made box blinds you're seeing a higher ticket price than if you build it yourself right? Like you, you can run to the store and buy some plywood and your nails and your materials and some roof and tin and your four by fours and go out and sweat in the backyard and build it yourself. And 
we've probably all done that at some point. Sure. But, you know, my thing with getting a pre-made blind, number one, I don't have to do it. So it saves me a ton of time. Mm -hmm. I can just go put it up. But I also feel like you're, you're paying for the convenience of not having to mess with this thing again. Like you're not going to come back and there's going to be a rotted out piece of OSB and you're not going to come back and there's going to be, you know, some, the things out of square because you didn't set it right. You know I mean? And, and you're not going to have to come back and deal with wasps and rodents and everything else. How much of your time does that save right there a lot? Yeah, I would, I would, I would have to think, you know, I mean, I can think of many reasons why it's worth it to spend more, but what am I not thinking about? What are you, you know, what are you hear from from your customers is why they've come back and go into pre-made box blinds i mean i think you said it all you know longevity of the product a lot of guys say man i can't build it for that you know Mm -hmm. and i haven't cost that a deer blind i i made one myself in my driveway back in high school i think yeah uh i haven't costed out making a blind myself but i believe them time uh, material cost. There's some great carpenters. I'm sure people make some interesting deer blinds. I, I like seeing all different <laughs> interesting things that they make, but I mean, it, it's, it, it's right there. It's a convenience factor of picking it up, getting it shipped directly to you. And, and it's right there. All you have to do is set it up. And also just the sheer enjoyment factor. I mean, I, I like nature. I like being in nature, but I don't really like sitting on a mouse nest with little mice running around my feet. I don't <laughs> love that. So just the whole experience is 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 way better in these nicer blinds. It just is. Right. Whether that sounds bougie or not, it just is. Well, and I can tell you this, uh, you know, from a from an economics perspective, you know, I sell land and whenever we look at a piece of property to sell, if I'm driving around and I'm looking at this property and we're thinking about putting a value on it, if I'm looking at DIY wooden shooting houses that are obviously homemade we don't put any value on those structures but if i go buy a blind that's like a texas hunter blind you can absolutely believe that we're going to put the value of those blinds into the purchase price of that property that 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 gets factored in just the same way if they had built a barn that's going to get factored in if they're fencing that's going to get factored in that's an improvement to the property that holds its value you know, and I've seen plenty of sales where the guys are like, yeah, I'm selling the land, but I'm taking my blinds with me, you know? So they certainly have that. But I, I think the time savings are, are huge when you figure you're not going to have to maintain it. And I should ask you that question. Is there any maintenance involved with any of your blinds? Like is other than just kind of double checking things, is there anything you're going to have to do over the years? Uh, just, you know, make sure they're tied down well. You know, that's that's one of the biggest probably wreckers of deer blind is wind. I mean, it's, it's, I know we recommend like a turnbu- turnbuckle style with cables. Uh, just keep those turnbuckles tightened up. Just make sure that's, just give it a quick look each year. But really, that's it. Just remember to close your windows and doors, um, dust it up a little bit every once in a while, and you're good. You know, I think uh, the time savings are huge. But like I mentioned earlier, with some of those tree stands I've dealt with, it is just a bear sometimes setting things up. I feel like a lot of times the engineers are looking at a set of plans, and they're not thinking about what it's going to be like for the guy out in the field. I mean, when I go sometimes to work on my tractor, I'm like, why did y'all put this here? I can't get my hands in here to do what I need to do. You know, obviously the person who designed it is not the one who has to work on it. When it comes to box blinds, how long does it take to set one up? You mentioned you can get them shipped directly to you, but you know, if you get it off the, off the truck and onto a set of pallet forks and build that tower around it. What are you looking at to, to get it out and ready to hunt? Unboxing, assembling the towers. You, as long as you have the equipment there, you're looking hour, hour and a half. It's a lot quicker on the second one, but yeah. probably the first right. one, you know, um, once you figure out where things are going, it's really, they go together really well. So all you have to do is assemble the tower, lift it, assemble your tower and, and set it down. You know, probably the one of the, thing that takes the longest is anchoring really recommend good anchoring system you know digging those pulse tolls is never fun but that's definitely what we recommend so but yeah i'd say hour hour and a half is uh about what it would take if you're getting that first one out there you've never done it before um pretty safe to say that so that is just another time savings um you know from building your own 
definitely the second one's much faster. That first tower we put together was <laughs> was rough, but then the second one much much quicker. Yeah, I had to go had to go to confession after that first tower we built. It was that was scary. <laughs> well, we alluded to it a couple times there, Cody, talking about some uh, new stuff going on with Texas Hunter. We alluded to the roto molded new. Uh, rugged that you guys come out with. Tell us a little bit about it. It is a new blind. Uh, super excited about it. We've been working on it for a few years, um, you know, just getting the mold correct and and everything on that blind. We're excited. It's, it is a durable one-piece roto-molded design. It's, it's made for the outdoors, like you guys talked about, high-end coolers, whitewater kayak, all durable things that really are meant to last forever. So excited about that. That one's got Flip up windows as well. Um, they're tinted windows for concealment. Um, since there are, there's, what is it, eight windows all the way around it. Same door we use on our Wrangler blind. It's a full walkthrough door. Uh, it's lockable. Got a steel frame uh, underneath the blind. And then we do the steel tower powder coated with the nice stairs, um, stair system. So really excited about that one. Uh, I think it's priced well. Uh, that one does come with a mat, and we call it the rugged blind. A lot of ridges on it for um, for strength, so built-in rain guards. Um, just a great all-around blind that a lot of people are interested in right now. I like the roto-molded idea because a lot of times you put a blind out, and it's good for this season, and then you you kind of – things change on the property. You know, Butch's got a new, new cutover on his property, and – we were talking about it last year, like, man, you really need a, you really need a tower blind at the top of that hill now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you want to take a blind that was working well somewhere and, and move it around the property. And it's kind of sketchy sometimes putting a, putting a blind on a front end loader and on a tractor and then going, you know, this is not paved property. You know, you're bumping down a roads and stuff on your hunting property. It's nice to know that you got a tough blind in case you do have a, you know, a little issue, it's going to be able to hold up with a little bit of abuse. But the other thing I think about, with uh with blinds is is insulation have you been able to hunt out of that roto molded material yet and how does it hold up as far as insulation goes i mean does it does it have insulative properties sure the the hdp um surely has insulated properties you know kind of our thought on insulating blinds unless you're heating or cooling it the blinds kind of get to get the same temperature no matter what. So you put a little bit of heater in one of these things and you're probably going to start opening up windows very quickly. Roast you out. <laughs> so, I mean, I know there is uh, insulation purposes. We don't have per se an insulation in the, in the blind, but there are definitely insulating properties within each of the blinds that we make. So that's, that's our thought on the insulating. Well, Cody, like we've, talked about there's a ton of different options out there this is the time of year when people find they need a new blind or they find they want a new blind for various reasons that's why we wanted to talk to you because i know y'all y'all really have kind of a price point a material a size a design that works for just about anybody that needs a box blind so folks want to check out y'all's box blinds maybe give you guys a call talk about what they've got going on on their property and you know, figure out which blind's right for them. How can they see what you guys have going on? Where can they uh, check you guys out online? So the best place to visit us is texashunter.com. You can see everything that we have um, on our website. It gives a great description of everything, pictures, videos, um, all descriptive analysis. Next, if you're, you know, like I said, we ship all over the country. You know, you name it, we've probably shipped there. So everything's ready to go. As long as you have equipment to unload or a commercial address that we can ship to, very easy to ship. That or give us a call. We've probably got a dealer in your area. We can point you in the right direction. All right, folks, we're going to be right back. Y'all take a minute and check out some of our sponsors. First South Farm Credit. What does a farm mean to you? Maybe it's just a piece of land where you can go relax or enjoy the outdoors. Whatever the farm means to you, First South Farm Credit can help you finance or refinance that perfect piece of land. As a successful financial cooperative, First South shares its profits with its borrowers in the form of a patronage refund, which lowers your cost of borrowing. To find out how First South can help you, visit their website at firstsouthland.com or call them at 800-955-1722. They are an equal housing lender. Butch, as we mentioned, I know this is the time of year where box blinds are getting cleaned out and new ones are getting put up. And man, you know, I've done it both ways. I've done the DIY route and I've done the the manufactured route. And if you've got the money, there's no doubt in my mind 
that going manufactured is the way to go. Cause you're just, you're just not going to have to mess with it again. I mean, you know, you just right. put it up, get it where you want it. And I mean, I look at, I look at my place. I'm, I'm never planning on selling my place. I want to have something there that I can enjoy for the entire time that I have it. And, you know, you never, even if you do intend to sell, that's going to be something that can then be a valuable thing that the next person sees. Yep. Uh, I, I alluded to it a little bit in the show there. Uh, we bought our place in 19, I guess right around 2000 and we built probably 20, I would have to say we built mm. probably 20 DIY shooting houses of, of several different models. You know, we had the 10 ones that we called 10 alley down on there and uh, just some wood ones before by fours. And man, they started dropping like flies after about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pretty much need to replace every single one that we, that we built. And you either got to build one or buy it. There's really yep. not many other options. So yep. I would assume that these, these nice blinds will be there forever. I mean, as long as you don't burn it or blow it over, it's <laughs> going to be there for 40 or 50 years. Or hit it with a tractor. Right. Which happens. And they also get burned <laughs> up every now and again. Yeah, you, so you, go, you might have to burn a shooting house every once in a while. It just happens. Every now and again. It's a little hot. In those at, burns. Least, at least at the theory camp, maybe. That's right. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Appreciate you joining us. We want to make it easy for you to listen. So here's a handy option for you to get the podcast emailed to you each week. Just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. You'll join our email list and wherever you are listening to podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Send us a written review. We'd love to hear from you. If you got a show topic that you are interested in and like to see us cover, just email us at pros at landhunting.com. That's going to do it for us. Y'all stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next time. This week's show is brought to you by the Hunter's Bait Lowdown Trail Cam Reviewer. The Lowdown High Speed Trail Cam Viewer has flipping fast technology that allows you to view images three times faster on a screen that is 60% bigger than typical 7-inch viewers. Find out more at lowdownviewer.com. And also, Great Days Outdoors, the South's finest hunting and fishing magazine. Pick up your copy wherever magazines are sold or check them out at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And also, by Southern Seed and Feed. Do you want to provide better nutrients for your deer? Check out Southern Buck. Your deer will love it. Visit their website at southernseedfeed.com or call 662-726-2638 to find the dealer nearest you. And also, Field Torque. The Field Torque field dressing super tool is five times faster, safer, and cleaner without replacing blades. Get yours today at fieldtorque.com, also on Amazon. And also, First South Farm Credit. First South shares its profits with its borrowers in the form of a patronage refund, lowering your cost of borrowing. Check them out at firstsouthland.com or call them at 800-955-1722. They're an equal housing lender.